Between aging and busy lifestyles, many women struggle with maintaining their physical and mental wellness. At Aquavita Concierge Healthcare Services for Women, we can help you revitalize your health and reclaim your life. We start from within by balancing your hormones, allowing your body to achieve and maintain desired weight goals. We also specialize in peptide therapies, regenerative medicine, sexual health, and aesthetics in our state-of-the-art facilities. Feel better, look better, live better. At Aquavita, visit aquavitality.com and begin your journey today. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Welcome to the UFC Fight Night Figueredo versus Benavides to DFS Strategy Show right here on awesomeo.com. Of course, I am Jason Foy. That is a fighter, Pete Rogers Jr. Pete uh, feels like, uh, well, we were just here yesterday, which is exactly the case. We were here last night for Live Before Lock from UFC Fight Island number one. And uh, first off, let's, 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 let's kind of start there, just talking about uh, a recap of DFS later. I think really the, the biggest thing is on DraftKings and FanDuel, well, if, if you weren't heavy on the prelims, you, you didn't come away with as a big winner. Yeah, I mean, interesting weekend. Or It wasn't a weekend, right? What day is today? See, I'm all screwed today is, up. Today is Thursday. Yeah, you know what I mean? I'm just all screwed up. Uh, so, I mean, interesting fights last night. Um, you know, a lot of the fights went how we predicted and how we thought you needed some of the fights. Your boy Tim Elliott didn't come through. Um, and I just oh, had to did, slide he, did he win? Did he win? I don't think he did. I mean, technically he did, but I don't think he won that fight. Look, the uh, record book says he won, okay? <laughs> uh, as far as the main event, you know, Cater put on a great performance, but oddly enough, you didn't need him for the optimal. Um, you know, some weird stuff happened, man. You know, I'm a little ticked off about some of the stuff that happened, and uh, I think the list is pretty long, man, and I'm sure you guys share the same little irritations I have. What's got you here, bro? Where can I start, man? Okay, let's talk about Belbita, thinking that she's a grappler going in there against Jojula. You know, the girl has crazy striking output and then just decides I'm going to clinch. And uh, I'm going to try to take her down and just, you know, test my chances on the mat. And, you know, Jojula literally has one thing going for her, and that's a sweet arm bar. And, of course, she captures it. And, you know, Belbita, she busts, um, you know. And, and then we could talk about the horrible refing we had, you know, like what in the world was going on with that? I've never seen, you know, a ref so quickly to stand somebody up from side control. Okay. Maybe one time, right. You know, give them a pass one time, maybe trying to make a little impression on Dana White, make the boss happy. Cause you know, maybe it's not the most exciting fight. You stand a guy up from Mount bro from Mount. Okay. 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 We're going to stop there, Jason. Cody Stamen has the guy's back. 
has his hands locked, breaks them apart. Okay. Then prior to that, prior to that, stops a fight where the the elbows are questionable. Let's say questionable. You know, the guy falls backwards out of the cage, waves off the fight, doesn't want to look at a replay. It was just a ridiculous night. A lot of weird stuff happened. Um, okay, I don't have an issue with that one. You know why? Why? Fire never protests the stoppage. Yeah, but I mean, okay. I he think- was, bro, bro, he was out. He was he was. Oh out. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying it didn't help his case that he. But here's the thing: you can't you can't sit on the mat after a round is over. You sit on the mat that long, you're going to lose the fight. You got to get up. Maybe he was leaning. He was going to lean against the cage to help him stand back up, Jason. I mean, we've seen a lot worse than that. Guys basically falling all over to get back to their stool. Let's just say, how do you stand somebody up from mount? I, look, bro, apparently he does not like ground fighting. Apparently, I was losing my mind. I was like, "Who is this guy?" I'm not into ref bashing or official bashing at all, but that's ridiculous. Yeah, look, there's yeah. From that part of it, you can you can sit there and there's I I, I definitely feel what what's got you heated there. Um, you know, one of the things that uh, I was working on earlier today was this rate of finishes between main card and preliminary card fights. So. Last night, we had five main card fights. All yep. of them went to the decision on the prelims. Five of the six prelim fights were ended via a finish. So I took all of the fights that have happened during pandemic fighting. So this is going from UFC 249 mm-hmm. all the way to last night. So on the main card, 39%, 39.6% of the main card fights are ending via finish. And just uh, 61% are going to decision. Over on the preliminary card, 57% of the fights are ending via finish. 43 are going the distance. Um, you know, so that, that is something that I think we have to pay attention to. Uh, you know, looking at these fighters that can go out there and, and get the finish. Uh, you know, I know on FanDuel last night, uh, in the big FanDuel contest, uh, if you had Calvin Cater with all, of, all the fighters on the prelims who got the finish, you went out there and got it. Kudos to Pete calling the Lerone Murphy there. Uh, also, uh, you know, you had mentioned uh, about Lizez was somebody to pay attention to, someone to go out there potentially get. And, and Al Hassan, man, if he goes to the body it, during that opening exchange, yeah. yep. he might have got the finish. Yeah, I mean, it's a classic case of headhunting and not mixing up and varying your striking. And uh, as you can see, Al Hassan is a is a one round type of guy where he thinks that he can go out there and replicate that knockout every single fight and. Uh, he definitely looked tired. Um, he still hit Lazez with a ton of shots, but let me say Lazez's fight IQ and his defensive abilities are there, and he was able to weather the storm and basically just put on a clinic after that. I mean, it was pretty easy after that, you know, first barrage because Al Hassan was, you know, pretty shot cardio wise, and uh, you know he even had to fight the referee to, to basically keep getting takedowns because the guy kept standing him up and. Uh, you know, it worked out in his favor, and Al Hassan had a lot going against him in this fight as far as missing weight, being in Abu Dhabi, being away from the cage a little bit. So that's kind of like a little tell that that's why I uh, like Lizez a little bit. Of course, uh, we are sponsored by Superdraft. You were playing on Superdraft last night. You took Lizez at 1.6 times multiplier. You did you did very well on that. I will tell you, here's what's got me heated from last night, uh, old Pete. Let me hear Fight it. metric, man. 
Oh, oh my God. That's what I'm saying. Okay, so that's another one. Please elaborate. Please do. So you always have the unofficial stats, which I try to put out on my social media account. So unofficially, uh, Jared Gordon, as the fight ends, is credited with 137 significant strikes. And I'm me and you are texting back and forth. I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be a good score. And Gordon, he's got a couple of takedowns. you know. And then all of a sudden, they update the stats, and it goes down from 137 to 44. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy how it can swing like that, and the inconsistency is crazy as well. So then you have a fight or two go by, or maybe it was one fight, and then uh, what was his name? Um, Chemaev goes in there and gets takedowns and has a lot of pitter-patter punches, and he gets over 100 punches, uh, 100 uh, points. But obviously, his had a lot more sting to him, and it's just crazy. And I was expecting a big performance out of Jared Gordon. Props to my buddy going out there and getting it done. Pretty dominant fashion. Um, you know, it was a crazy card. By the way, I don't think there's many guys who are signing up to fight Chiminev right now. I, yeah, he's like, I'll stay here. And uh, fight every week. Like, good luck with that, dude. Ain't nobody signing the contract. <laughs> there, there is no UFC film on you, bro. Uh, if if someone does not have good takedown defense, well, we talked about that he was going to take John Phillips to takedown City. Uh, okay. Yeah, you're 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 not going to go there. But uh, of course, we got the fights here coming up on on, on Saturday night. Looking forward to it. Uh, this is an ESPN Plus card, so you got to have that ESPN. Plus subscription. Uh, main car going to start 8 p.m. Eastern time. Prelims 5 p.m. Eastern time. Of course, that means on Saturday, we'll be here at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time for Live Before Lock. Let's talk about uh, these fights. Davison Figueredo, Joseph Benavidez, the rematch, vacant flyweight title fight. And uh, I guess before we even break down the fight, I get, the big thing is going to be tomorrow at the weigh-ins yeah. of will Davison Figueredo make weight? Uh, you know, I think one of the the very interesting storylines with this one is the fact of he got to Abu Dhabi Tuesday night. He's got to be quarantined for 48 hours. So essentially all of his weight cut is being done in a hotel room. Uh, we, we saw what happened last time. I know his manager did come out saying, uh, you know, he was walking around 10 pounds lighter than he was for the last fight. You, you got Alexandra Pantoja, who talked to the media today, said that he's been preparing for three fires, Ashkov, Askarov, Joseph Benavidez, and Diveson Figueredo, because he is the backup plan. Of course, uh, Diveson Figueredo is the big favorite in this one. Uh, over on Super Draft, he is 1.1 times for Benavidez, 1.45 times over on DK, 9,000 for Figueredo, 7,200 for Benavidez, and over on FanDuel, $22 for Figueredo, and $17 for Benavidez. The the narrative that's out there on this fight, Pete, is the headbutt. Bro. And I don't I don't like that narrative because then it, it makes us forget everything that happened before the headbutt. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a little unfair to Figueredo. It could be... Um could be a little revenge because he didn't make weight. You know what I mean? So they don't want to really give him too much credit for that, that victory. I uh, was all over Figueredo in their first matchup. I thought I liked the, uh, you know, his knockout ability. I like, I like the speed. The question of course is, will he make it to the fight? And, you know, given the scenario and the circumstance, I'm a little pessimistic, Jason. I don't know if this fight goes on. I, I really don't. I don't know if this fight goes on. I feel like, Figueredo is either going to pull out from not making weight or if he can't make weight, they're just going to scrap him all together and they're going to have your boy um, Pantoja step in there on short notice. I have just a bad feeling about Figueredo and it's in Abu Dhabi. 
and it's crazy, crazy hot over there. So he shouldn't have a problem making weight. But he's also, wasn't he just popped for a coronavirus as well? So he tested positive two months ago. Then last week he had a positive test that ended up being what they're calling a false positive because then he had a negative. Okay. So before he could get on the plane from Brazil to Abu Dhabi, he had a negative test. Okay. Comes to Abu Dhabi, takes a test immediately, goes into quarantine and, and all that. I mean, I think from Joseph Benavidez's aspect, sometimes I kind of wonder, like, if you're him and just his entire team, kind of what's their mindset of, you know, taking this fight. I mean, Ashkoff, Askarov could be the biggest loser in all this because he might be sitting there in Abu He's in Abu Dhabi right now. And there's a potential he may not fight if he loses his opponent because, uh, you know, because of, of Pantoja potentially pacing. You know, I mean, if you're Pantoja, you can't make 126. You got to make 125. You got to make championship weight. So it is kind of scary. I mean, when I think about the fight, um, I, I think it's valid that Diverson Figueredo is the favorite. Is he maybe too big a favorite? I think there's some value there uh, on Joseph Benavidez. But I feel like if you want to be a Benavidez backer, your thought has got to be, is got to be the, he's got to get this fight into the later rounds where I feel like if Figueroa is going to win this fight, I do believe it's within the first 10 to 12 minutes. I agree with that. And I would definitely say the early rounds favorite Figueroa. Um, he has great jujitsu, uh, great power. So as far as like a finishing ability, I think I'd side with Figueroa in this instant. But um, I'm actually looking at Benavides at 7,200 and that price is crazy. And I'm pretty interested, honestly, Jason. I don't know about you, but I like Benavides a lot at 7,200. I don't know. I just have a feeling about Figueredo. I have a feeling he's going to struggle making weight. You know, it's just a lot going against him. It's, uh, you know, it's over in Abu Dhabi, the heat. I don't know if he can really keep a high pace if it goes outside of, you know, two rounds. And I think Benavides can basically just outpoint him, outwork him. Let's not forget, Benavides does have great submissions as well, great takedowns as well, good takedown defense, good boxing, just a little easy to hit. And that's the only thing is, can he avoid that big shot? Let's not blame it on the headbutt. You got hit pretty clean. And uh, let, let's make some defensive adjustments. But Benavides, I'm pulling for him at 7,200. Maybe it's just more for more of me not liking Figueredo's circumstances right now. But uh, mm -hmm. I can't. I can't pass that 7,200 up for Benavidez. Something to note about Davison Figueredo. So he is 7-1 in the UFC. So here's his DraftKings scores in those wins. Yeah. 97 and a half, 94, 89 and a half, 120 and a half, 114 and a half, 44 and a half. Kind of crazy. He only scored 44 points in a win. And 110 and a half. And he's secured at least one takedown in six of his eight UFC fights. Uh, Joseph Benavidez, uh, prior to that loss in February, he had won three in a row, had scored 100-plus DK points in all of those fights, and uh, he, he is trying to avoid joining Uriah Faber in the 0-4 club on Saturday. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, I would love nothing more than to see a WEC staple, Benavidez, capture gold. I would love it. It would make me so happy. Um as long as he could, you know, withstand Figueredo's early rounds, I think he's got a really good chance at doing this here. I do. Uh, Kilo in the chat says, will his emotions during a fight put him in bad spots? I'm guessing he means Benavidez's emotions? I no, he's got to be talking Figueredo. I, I don't think – well, Benavidez is a little irritated and angry that that he got hit with a headbutt. Okay. It, ha it But it happens, though. 
Yeah, exactly. It's fighting. It happens. We saw it happens. we saw uh, Masvidal get headbutted what two times? Yeah, I mean it happens at wrestling tournaments. Um, you know, fouls happen, but uh, I think Benavidez is going to be a little bit more focused this time. I think there was so much pressure on him before, where he was the only person that was able or eligible, I should say, to capture the belt because Figueroa missed weight. So it's like. It went from even pressure to, oh, my God, so much pressure on my shoulders. Whereas now, I think it's kind of off of him. Uh, I like I like Benavides at 7,200. Do you like him in cash? I do. I do. I, I don't see this ending. I think it's going to go uh, pretty late. I really think it's going to go pretty late. You have to think it's a 125-pound fight. Will I avoid Figueredo completely? Of course not, because the guy's a stud. I mean, he averages 84.8 DraftKings points. If you have an argument for Figueredo... I cannot blame you at all. Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the neural quantum processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. I'm literally talking about just like a feeling I have with Benavidez. Like I really just... I, I just like his overall game. Outside of Demetrius Johnson and Figueredo, he's been pretty durable too, Jason. Yeah, uh, I was trying to find out. I want to pull up the exact stat uh, on this one. It was about uh, fighters missing weight because there was a question in the chat saying, why do fighters that don't make weight have bad luck in fights? I, I want to say it's they've lost 10 of the last 11 fights or something like that. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a so, cardio it, thing. Sometimes it's a hidden injury. Um you know, if a guy has a crazy grappling advantage and he misses weight, you can almost think that that is an advantage. You know, it's added boost to him because that added weight's going to make it a little tough to deal with the grappling. Um, I, I don't see that happen. Benavidez used to fight at 135 pounds. Uh, Matt asks, is stacking the main event in cash on DraftKings viable on this slate? It might be. I think stacking main events for cash is always possible. Um especially the lower the weight class you go 125 pound fight makes sense. Tons of action. It's going to be probably tons of scrambles. Um, you know, Benavides is 7,200. It's crazy. It's just, if Figueredo loses, right. Does he pay off nine K? It's hard to tell. I got to imagine you love uh, Benavides on super draft at 1.45 yeah. times, but what about on DraftKings at $17? Uh, FanDuel. I like FanDuel. I'm at FanDuel at $17. I, I like him a lot there too. Um, you got to think about each week, the main event's been 18 for the underdog and this week it's 17. So I think it's a little bit of a, a nice value there. Of course, mentioned about he's 1.45 times on Superdraft, and we are sponsored by Superdraft. The future of daily fantasy sports has arrived. Experience Superdraft's exclusive game mode multiplier. Say goodbye to salary restrictions and a low lineup freedom. Use your fantasy sports knowledge to draft any player you want and build your very own dream team. Countless lineup possibilities let you experience daily fantasy sports the way you want. Superdraft offers contests for PGA, NASCAR, and MMA so you can enjoy the best of DFS all year round, sign up for Superdraft today using the promo code AWESOMO10, and it's $10 free on your first deposit of $10 or more, and $20 total free on your first deposit of $100 or more. Download in the App Store or play at Superdraft.io. Superdraft, no limits, more winning. Now get access to all the great AWESOMO Plus tools and content for the upcoming 
UFC DFS Lake tomorrow night, or Saturday night, excuse me, with the Osmo <laughs> Plus Weekly MMA Pass for eight ninety five. This includes full access to Osmo's leading fighter projections, ownership projections, and the top and the top fighters tool. There's never been a better time for MMA DFS, so step into the octagon today. Of course, as always, we've got some giveaways going on, and right now, check out the pin tweet on the Osmo underscore com Twitter handle for a chance to win Osmo Plus monthly pass. This gives you access to all the premium content tools and projections on Osmo.com for 30 days. All you have to do is subscribe to the Osmo Podcast channel and leave a five-star review with your Osmo user handle or Twitter handle included. It's that easy. One lucky random winner will be announced on Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Good luck. Um, uh, Rick in the chat goes, if Pantoja has a step in for Figueredo, the theory, the theory would be insane. He would have to fight two more rounds potentially. It will be the underdog price way more than Joe Benavidez. That that is that is a very interesting part about DraftKings because they don't change the odds. And Pantoja right now is at eighty eight hundred. So you would have to pay a premium price for Pantoja if he replaces Figueredo. Yeah, I ain't paying. I will not be touching Pantoja if he's fighting Benavidez. Um, that's just me personally. Oh, and he and Benavidez. I mean, look, Benavidez could be chalky already at seventy two hundred. You know, on, on DraftKings, he might really be chalky if he if he has a change in opponent. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, that's something something to point out there. Of course, your co-main event is a middleweight matchup between Kelvin Gaslam and Jack Hermanson. Uh, Kelvin Gaslam, of course, uh, he's lost back-to-back fights. Jack Hermanson, he's coming off that loss to Jared Cannonier. Uh, this is the uh, ever so fr- Pete friendly fight of eighty-two hundred and eight thousand. Uh, I got killed by it last week again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Killed last night. On yeah, it, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, I know. You 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 have no idea what day of the week is. I know, no. I know. We've had so uh, many shows, so much research. It's I'm getting I'm getting blurred lines over here. And on fa- on a super draft, one point two five times for Gaslam, one point three times for Hermanson. Uh, Seventeen dollars for Gaslam on uh, Fanduel. Sixteen dollars when it comes to Jack Hermanson on the other side of the equation in this one. Of course, uh, Calvin Gaslam uh, three and three with one no contest since returning to middleweight uh jack hermanson uh, of course he had that four fight winning streak snapped uh when he took on jerry Cannonier. uh five of his last six wins have come by stoppage he does have four 100 point dk performances he had 142 and a half points against gerald mercer which was a first round submission so uh when you get you can get that kind of points in a first round submission that's definitely something that you take note of here. Uh, I thought it was interesting listening to Kevin Gaslam earlier today talking about uh, his last two fights. You know, there were, there were kind of some things going on. Maybe maybe wasn't totally there. Uh, you know, and he mentioned about how he really wants that Darren Till rematch. Uh, what's your take on this fight? I don't know about you, but I love the 8,200 Kelvin Gaslam. And usually this price range is killing me, and I'm having a hard time deciding. I'm not overthinking this. I like Kelvin Gastelum, the 8,200. I really do. I don't think that Jack Hermanson's fought a striker um, that has a good wrestling background that can defend his takedown attempts and just punch him on the feet. Uh, Jack Hermanson's very awkward on the feet, more of a volume type of approach, throws a ton of strikes, five strikes a minute, only absorbs two strikes a minute. But I'm telling you, stylistically-wise, I think it's a bad matchup for Jack Hermanson. I think Kellen Gaslam's able to stuff any takedown attempt 
and uh, just punish him on the feet, light him up with a left hand, and I think he finishes him pretty easily here. Uh, a lot of people will probably look at Kelvin Gastelum and say, you know, he can be taken down and submitted. If I mean, you can look back at, you know, say Chris Weidman, but Chris Weidman is an elite grappler, an elite grappler, like a very decorated grappler, very strong guy. Um, and uh, I don't think Hermanson's – I think Hermanson's strong, but I, I wouldn't say he's on the skill level grappling-wise that Chris Weidman is. Uh, that's a fight I'd like to see after this. So, you know, Jack Hermanson, Chris Weidman, I think that's a nice matchup. Uh, but Kelman well, that fight was that fight was supposed to happen. Was it really? Yeah, it was initially it was going to be Hermanson versus Weidman, uh, and then it ultimately got changed up, and now Weidman is taking on um, kind of I want to say Omari off Madoff. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right on that one. Yep. I mean, let me just say I like Kelvin Gaslam. I've been following him a while. He has great hands, and I know that he's in a rough patch right now, but. I just think that he's a part of the elite category in that division. And I know that Jack Hermanson's had great performances and great submission attempts at 8K. If he goes out there and is able to take Kelvin Gastelum down a lot and work on his grappling, you have a steal at 8,000. But for me, I think Kelvin Gastelum's able to keep it on the feet and just put him away. Wait a minute. I mean, uh, Hermanson was 3-2, and two, you know, starting in, in his UFC yeah. run. So th- this run he's been on was kind of – you know, caught a lot of people by surprise. And, of course, the one stat that you can see right now on the screen there uh, on the heat sheet that Pete puts together, you can also see that at awesome.com. Check that out tomorrow. It'll be up on the website. And this is going to be a story always with Kelvin Gaslam at 185 pounds, the reach disadvantage that he's going to have. Yeah. And this one, it's six inches. Uh, that's concerning to me. It's not concerning to me. The reason it's not is because Jack Hermanson's really not too talented of a striker. Um, he's okay. He's awkward. He's going to land some shots. He's going to throw low kicks, straight punches, and just be active and look to duck under a big uh, looping shot of Kelvin Gaston. But uh, Kelvin's got two good of hands and a good wrestling background as well. So I think he's able to keep it on the feet and honestly punish him. Uh, next up, uh, we have got a, a match between Mark Dyakis and uh, uh, Rafael Fizias, who, who I remember when you talked about him initially. Uh, I remember... Uh, you know, because obviously, you know, striking coach there uh, in Thailand uh, and uh, UFC debut did not go well for him at all. Uh, he is coming off a win uh, for Mark Dyakis, uh started three and zero in the UFC, then lost three straight. Now he's won back to back fights by decision. Uh, he only has one uh, draft DraftKings performance of over 100 points. But in his last two fights, two decision wins, seven takedowns in those two fights. He, he talked about earlier today about, uh, you know, and kind of how, you know, he went back to the drawing board on a lot of things, you know, more structure in uh, in his training as well. Uh, you know, Daikis at 8,500. You know, when I'm looking at those low 8,000, mid 8,000 options, he's a guy I'm looking at here. Yeah, I like Jacasey here. Um, I really do. 8,500, I think that he's a nice upside play. Now, uh, Fizeev is a striking coach over at Tiger Muay Thai, and I was big on him when he came over. Um, you know, he has good accomplishments as a striker, Muay Thai practitioner. But to, in order to be a striking coach over there at, at Tiger Muay Thai, you really have to know what you're talking about. But as far as MMA striking, I think that's where he can get lost a little bit. I feel like straight up kickboxing striking, he can match you tit for tat. And uh, I think Dick uh, Jacasey here is able to mix in unorthodox uh, techniques, 
has a good like karate kickboxing esque you know uh, style where he can really mix it up and be unorthodox. And we have seen Fizeev, uh get rocked before from spinning back kick and finished. So um, I'm not expecting the same thing to happen, but I think Jacasey has more ways to win. Now, as far as needing a win, Fizeev really needs a notable win in order to stay relevant and want the, you know, for the UFC to keep him around. I know he's one and one in the UFC, but you know, they had high hopes with signing him. I, but I think Jacasey's really finding his groove in the division. As long as he can keep uh, Fizeev away from him and not get pressured into a brawl and like a phone booth, I think he'll be okay. As long as he pumps out the jab, mixes up his uh, unorthodox techniques, um, spin kicks, side kicks, uh, spin and back fists, and then takedowns. I think he's it's a difference. So 8,500, nice play. Fizeev does have knockout upside though. I just don't see it happening. By the way, the over two and a half rounds in this fight is minus 215. So that is something to pay attention to uh, in, in terms of, of that fight is something that I would definitely uh, pay attention to. Speaking of uh, over-under numbers, uh, the next fight, uh, Lipsky and, and, and Luna, uh, minus 360 over two and a half. So that kind of tells you where the betting public uh, is thinking up in this matchup. Uh, you know, you look at Lipsky, one and two. In the UFC, she started 0-2 uh, in the pro. She is coming off a decision win. Of course, prior to entering the UFC, she was a KSW champion. Four of her five career losses have come by decision. In that win, she had uh, in her last fight 66 and a half. Uh, Carolina, she's coming off that win over Priscilla uh, Cachoeira 14 months ago. Uh, she, uh, When she spoke to the media today, she was asked about, hey, why has it been so long? She had a spine fracture. And that's why it, it's uh, you. you know she talked she talked about you know kind of the recovery didn't need surgery physical therapy to recover from that uh, she did score the 108 108 and a half points uh, in her win against uh, Priscilla that some people like call Priscilla catch a beating because she is not oh my god she catches prepared. beatings and she's a zombie chick um, that's why you know Carolina's stats are so inflated you look at 108 uh, DraftKings points uh, throwing six strikes a minute. I mean, come on. That's a that's an everlast punching bag chasing you around the cage for 15 minutes. And, um, you know, I'm not rostering a girl who, what, she broke her spine? She broke her back? Get out of here. I'm not doing that. I like Lipsky here at 8,300. Um, Lipsky, when she was signed to the UFC, they had a lot of uh, high hopes for her. And they um, she kind of fell short, really. But she's had some tough matchups, Jason. So it's not like she's, you know – getting the zombie chick or whatever her name is. I, I like Lipsky here. I think that she can do enough on the feet. The footage I saw of Carolina, I'm not impressed. Um, swings wildly. Does have decent volume, but, I mean, I can't really compare that fight to anything that uh, at Lipsky's had to face in the cage. So, you know, this is – attention, this is a fight that could break the slate. So be very careful. This is that Belbita Jojua all over again. But I like I like Lipsky here. I just think it goes the distance. So I, I don't know. I think she could also – the one thing I'll say about Carolina is that she was hunted for submissions off of her back on the Contender Series for Brazil. So as long as Lipsky is able to avoid that, I like her chances. By the way, be sure to hit that thumbs up button here on YouTube. Uh, let's let's get those uh, those likes up. Always appreciate uh, those likes there uh, here on YouTube. When I look on Fanduel, yeah, fifteen and fourteen, I feel like 
when you're going to be looking for that range, that this may be a popular fight just because people kind of who, who could be that sneaky play. Yeah. So, okay. Going back to last night, Tyler Santos, that, that Tyler Santos, if I knew that Tyler Santos was going to show up, goodness, I don't think anybody predicted that. Uh, FanDuel had the prices right on that fight somehow. But as far as this, I think they have it right. Lipsky at 15 is a nice little, uh, nice little value. Um, you know, we got a question uh, we're going to get more into later on the show. But, you know, uh, Joey had asked about DK single entry uh, core. Would would you consider this fight winner part of that core? Stop it, Jason. No, I can't. I can't. <laughs> I can't, bro. Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the Neural Quantum Processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You got a girl who, you got a, a chick who broke her back. And then you have a girl who could ruin all my lineups, just like Belbita. I wouldn't say it's core, but I'll sprinkle in uh, Lipsky for sure. We mentioned about Pantoja and Askarov a, a little earlier. Of course, we'll, we'll see. We'll find out really, I guess, tomorrow whether this fight truly is going to happen based on, on the main event. Uh, you know, when you, when you look at Pantoja, 8,800. Askarov, he is at 7,400. Of course, Pantoja, 4-1 in the UFC, coming off that knockout win against Match. Now, all of his losses in his career have come by decision. Uh, his last three wins have come by first-round stoppage. He has scored 100-plus DK points in four of his six UFC fights. Of course, Ashkar, Askarov, a guy that uh, was really highly thought of coming into the UFC, had that draw against Bram Moreno, then coming off that decision win in January, against Tim Elliott. Uh, he had four takedowns against Bram Moreno in that draw, 72 and a half points against Tim Elliott. Uh, looking at the DraftKings side of the things, he's 1.15, uh, excuse me, Pantoja 1.15 times, uh, but uh, Askarov 1.45 times on Superdraft. Yeah. Um, I like Pantoja a lot at 8,800. I just, you'll notice a little, some trends for me, and it's when a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu uh, practitioners facing a very, very powerful wrestler, um, Greco-Roman or Sambo practitioner. I tend to favor the Sambo guys a little bit, as long as they can obviously stay out of submissions. Mm -hmm. um, Askarov's a highly decorated wrestler. He really is. And uh, has great takedowns. Has had a, you know some tough matchups in the UFC. You talk about Brandon Moreno, who you know, one second people thought was a scrub, and now you, you're thinking of him as somebody as a dark horse for that division. Um, and then, you know, Tim Elliott, of course, who's a wild man and actually has sneaky takedown defense and was actually tossing uh, Askarov around at some points of the fight. But for me, we need a 7K underdog. And I think this could be an overlooked spot here because 
people see Pantoja's, you know, his performances, but it's the style that's really making me kind of look towards Askarov. Now it's not a confident pick, but I'll dabble with some Askarov. I think that he can pull the upset here with his takedowns. And as long as he can avoid submissions, I really like his chances. So, uh, you know, the obvious choice, everybody's going to pick Pantoja because obviously, you know, he's at the upper echelon of the division, um, fought the who's who. But as far as stylistic matchup, Askarov can honestly negate a lot of what Pantoja is going to attempt on him. If this fight ultimately does happen, I guess the question yeah. is, does, does Pantoja you know, can he cash on his prices on all three platforms? Uh, $18 on FanDuel. I mentioned about super draft 1.15 times and 8,800 on DK. Yeah. I mean, who are you favoring in the fight? Because like for Pan, I'm not going to avoid Pantoja. I think I might just be a little bullish on Askarov at 7,400 in hopes. Now he's a type of guy, right? You look at the slate where he could bring somebody to take down city. And that's the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, Pantoja is very decorated on the mat. He's probably going to get back to his feet plenty of times. And I actually think Pantoja might hold the striking advantage. So Askarov could be looking for the takedowns more often than not. That's my thinking for the matchup. Um, You know, 7,400, you can do worse than Askarov. I mean, when you look at the betting odds, the betting odds are nearly identical to the main event. So you're actually getting better value um, with Benavidez on DraftKings, but the better value on FanDuel is with Askarov, and they're exactly the same on SuperDraft. Yeah, it's an interesting point. You know, great insight. Uh, it's a big step up in competition for Askarov, but it's not like he's been fighting bums since he's been in the UFC. I mean, he he debuted against Brandon Moreno and then Tim Elliott. And uh, you can say what you want about Tim Elliott, but he's a tough fighter to face because he's just so awkward. Uh, next matchup is we've got uh, a UFC debuter taking mm-hmm. on someone who's 0-2 in the UFC. Roman, the debuter here. here. Here's what concerns me with him. Hasn't fought since December 15th, 2018. Now, look, all of his wins have come by stoppage. He did have a, a boxing matchup. Uh, he was supposed to make his UFC debut in April of last year. Uh, you pulled out of fights. That's concerning. But now you're taking on a guy who's 0-2 in the UFC. Would make you seem like, you know, pink slip is on the line here. Yeah, they're, they're tossing uh, they're tossing Roman Delizzi a, a, a softball right here. And, uh, you know, this should be a nice spot for him. Obviously, his inactivity is, is worrying. Um, but as far as background, he's an ADCC standout. So very, very talented grappler. Has some leg lock submission wins throws bombs, and we have seen uh, uh, Ibrahimov face some trouble in the UFC. Ed Herman is one fighter that, you know, basically just outperformed him on the feet. So I'm not too impressed with Ibrahimov other than his toughness. Other than his toughness and, you know, some Sambo background, I'm just not seeing that, you know, former champion in him. I'm really not. I mean, the guy's 25. Could he go out there and, and put Roman Delizzi away? Yeah, he could. Absolutely. Especially a guy that's, you know, primarily a grappler who has fell in love with his hands. That's always a little troublesome. So like I might take a little underweight approach here and thinks in, in hopes that it's going to be uh, a sloppy contest. Ibrahimov is one of the sloppiest fighters you'll ever see. But when he throws Jason, he throws with bad intentions and tons of volume. So 
if you need a 7K dog and you don't like taking Askarov, I guess you can go Ibrahimov. Um, he was touted outside the UFC. He's dropped two fights in the UFC, throws five strikes a minute, but absorbs six strikes a minute. So that's a little worrisome. I like Roman Delizzi here to get it done. Let me ask, in terms of super draft, Roman yep. is the same as Pantoja. You have to take one. Who do you take? Have to take one? Well, super draft Pantoja is 1.15. Oh, yeah, they are the same. You're correct. Um, doubt me. Why are you doubting me? <laughs> I don't know. I, I think I'd go the Lidzy, honestly. Yeah, it's, it's something that, you know, when when you're looking at super drafting, obviously you're going to look at, you know, who are who are the best values in there. I mean, we you know we talked about it, you know, last night with you know Jack Shore one times. You know, he was yeah. yes, he was a guy that you had all the confidence in the world, but you're like, man, he's only one times on super drafted. Is that somewhere where we want to go? Uh, then we got a, a a contract weight of 150 pounds. Grant Dawson, not near money. Uh, Grant Dawson, of course, uh, undefeated in the UFC, three and zero. In the UFC, he has won back-to-back fights via submission. 11 of his 15 wins have come via submission. Uh, Nadir Armani uh, won back-to-back fights to start his UFC run. Uh, both of them were decisions. He is coming off a loss against Mike Grundy uh, You know, a little while ago. He's 12-3. and three. In his career, uh, you got to pay up for Grant Dawson in this spot uh, on, on DK $9,200, dollars on Fanduel, one point oh five times on Superdraft. I, I don't, I don't think he's necessarily a play for me on, on Superdraft. Uh, Niramani, he is one point five times on Superdraft, twelve dollars on Fanduel, seven thousand on DK. Yeah, so uh, this is a very nice spot for for Dawson here at ninety two hundred. Um, let's say he comes from a great camp with James Krause, you know, highly, highly skilled on the ground, great jujitsu, decent wrestling and takedowns, but it's more of his jujitsu that's impressive and his transitions. Um, going up against a guy who I think is his toughest fight yet. I really do. And uh, Dawson's kind of had it somewhat easy in the UFC so far. Um, you think Derek Minner. The Trezano win is impressive because Trezano is actually pretty skilled. He's average for the division. Um, Julian Arosa is another fighter that he fought and won. So as far as like having to face adversity, he hasn't really had to face too much. Derek Minner looked like he was going to come out victorious in that matchup and had Grant Dawson in some bad spots and potential guillotines and all that. But ultimately, Grant Dawson was able to reverse positions, get out of it, work out of it. He's so skilled. Now, standing up, he's a nightmare, an absolute nightmare. So buyer beware because he's not – he's really not technically sound. He Offensively, he's okay. Defensively, it's a nightmare. And I think that Naramani could surprise some people here. So I will say the safe play and the cash play is Dawson for sure. GPP Dawson can break the slate based on, you know, grappling transitions. So don't overthink it for most of your lineups, Dawson, 100%. Okay. But in saying that, if you need a GPP guy, I honestly could see a situation where Naramani goes out there and is able to stuff takedowns, has good takedown defense, decent takedown defense, but powerful striking and had Marco Madsen in some trouble when they fought and almost was able to finish. But, uh, and he stuffed some takedowns from Marco Madsen. So I think Madsen has better takedowns than Dawson. I really do. 
I think Naramani could be a 7K flyer dart throw for sure. Uh, you know, I talked to Grant Dawson about, uh, I guess, about two and a half weeks ago at, at this point. One of the things he talked to me was he has been walking around at a lighter weight. Obviously, he had a battle with the scale. Uh, yeah. Last time, this one's at, at 150. Uh, one of the interesting things that he did tell me, he wouldn't tell me who, but he already has a name in mind that he's calling out after uh, this fight. Not a good thing, Jason. Not a good thing. Uh, yes, I met Grundy. Thank you. Uh, that's what I meant. Not Madsen. I met Grundy. Darren Till's partner. Um, but as far as, as far as thinking about another opponent, I don't like that. I really don't like that. Um, you need to focus on the task at hand and not overlook your opponent. I think it's clear to me. He's calling out somebody in the top 15. If he wins, I guess that makes sense. And he should be ranked now. Well, with his wins, he shouldn't be ranked, but he will be ranked sooner rather than later. But, uh, he just has to to avoid the big hands in their money. Yeah. Um, you know, one uh, comment from Brandon, he says a wise man once told me target both fighters in under one and a half fights, no matter what the line is, dogs take down tournaments in those spots. I mean, look, dogs are going to take, we'll take down a GPP. We saw it. We oh, saw yeah. it last night. Oh yeah. I mean, you listen to J- Jason's a very calculated cash type of guy and I'm a little GP Pete. Okay. I'm over here trying to get, get that big top money. All right. And uh, take some big stances and try to find that optimal for us. But sometimes you can you can get yourself in trouble if you overthink situations. So Dawson's the logical pick here. Uh, Next up, we've got Joe Duffy taking on Joel Alvarez. Joe Duffy, four and three in the UFC. Alvarez, one and one in the UFC. Joe Duffy, one of the highest price options this week, 9300 on DK, $20 on FanDuel, one times on Super Draft. On the other side, Alvarez, 1.6 times on Super Draft, $11 on FanDuel, 6900 on DK. Joe Duffy has lost back-to-back fights. Uh, out, he, so he has four wins in the UFC, like I mentioned. None of those fighters still in the UFC, and this is his first fight since March of 2019. And uh, Alvarez lost his UFC debut, but is coming off a second-round TKO win. Fate of the week right here. Fate of the week. I'm not playing Duffy at 9,300. I'm just not doing it, Jason. Um, I think he should win. And and the the one thing going for Alvarez is his size. He's six foot three and has a four-inch reach advantage, so that's definitely a, a big plus for him. But as far as a skill standpoint, the guy has most of his wins via submission. He's not submitting uh, Duffy. I don't think that. I think Duffy's too smart, too skilled, and comes from a great camp with Faraz Zahabi up at TriStar. So 9,300 for me. It's easy for me to cross him off, Jason. I, I don't. Care. I know that Duffy has 14 finishes out of 16 wins, so I get why he's priced up. And it looks like a softball type of matchup. I'm not, I'm not doing it. By the way, I hope you're enjoying what Pete has to say there. Be sure to hit that thumbs up button. Let's smash up those. Uh, let's get those likes over, over 50. We would appreciate that. Uh, brand says, uh, really like Alvarez here. Is that crazy? Then Quincy says Alvarez by submission. You heard it here first. I'd be, I would definitely be surprised. Um, the thing is, right. Let's think about this logically. Duffy could struggle with range. Duffy enjoys to box though. So he might not go for as many takedowns as, as you would normally think, but if he gets desperate with takedowns, he could definitely run into a submission. It's a fade fight for me. Uh, I'm just not, 
I'm not interested. I don't really see too much upside with Alvarez. I think Duffy's well-schooled. No, thank you. Of course, this is the UFC Fight Night Figueroa versus Benavidez to DFS strategy show. And we are sponsored by Superdraft. The future of daily fantasy sports has arrived. Experience Superdraft's exclusive game mode multiplier. Say goodbye to salary restriction and hello to lineup freedom. Use your fantasy sports knowledge to draft any player you want and build your very own dream team. Countless lineup possibilities let you experience daily fantasy sports the way you want. Superdraft offers contests for PGA, NASCAR, and MMA so you can enjoy the best of DFS all year round. Sign up for Superdraft today using the promo code AWESOMO10 and it's $10 free on your first deposit of $10 or more and $20 total free on your first deposit of $100 or more. Download in the App Store or play at Superdraft.io. Superdraft, no limits, more winning. You heard Pete talking about how he's going he's gonna to fade Joe Duffy. Well, be sure to follow Osmo on Instagram and Facebook. You can check out our player projections that we put up there. And for UFC Fight Island number two, it's going to be for Divison Figueredo. Of course, there's player projections up there for PGA, NASCAR, and MMA. So you want to be sure to like Osmo on Instagram at Osmo underscore com. Also on Facebook. So make sure to give us a follow. And as I mentioned right now, on the Osmo Instagram page, we've got the player projection for Divison Figueredo. And if you want to win a free MMA weekly pass, just like the post, follow Osmo underscore com on Instagram and comment play or fade. One random winner will be selected. Good luck. Speaking of Osmo Plus, many sports may be on hiatus, but Osmo Plus isn't. Sign up today for a platinum package, which includes access to all of Osmo Plus projections, tools, and content for PGA, esports, NASCAR, MMA, soccer, and KBO baseball. You can review your membership options by clicking the Osmo Plus tab in the upper left-hand corner of Osmo.com homepage. Uh, Pete, uh, let's... um, Keep moving down the card here. Uh, next up, we got a matchup that I really love. Bantamweight matchup. Yes. Brett Johns and Montel Jackson. Uh, Brett Johns, his uh, last two wins via submission. Uh, you look at his UFC losses. They're, they're the elite of the of the division. Aljamain Sterling and Pedro Munoz. Montel Jackson's won three straight uh, and last two by decision. After losing his UFC debut to Ricky Samo, Montel Jackson, 9,100 on, on DK, 1.1 times on Superdraft, 19 on FanDuel, 1.5 times for Brett Johns on Superdraft, $12 on FanDuel, 7,100 on DK. Yeah, so look at one of my favorite options, and that's Jackson here at 9,100. I'm not sure if you're with me on that. Are you with me on that? I am with you on that. I think the question is... Uh, can he score high enough to yeah. cash that 9,100? Yeah, I, I like him to win. Let's just say that. So I'm not going to try to say he's going to go out there and get a first-round W, but the guy has tons of potential, and we know him pretty well fighting a guy from New England. So we, we know you know Jackson decently well. Uh, not fighting Johns, who's from New England, but we've, we've, we've seen a lot of footage on Jackson. Um, Jackson's from uh, the, um, the Midwest. Yeah, but you saw him on the Contender Series against – Yeah. Um, What's his name from City Tong? So Rico. Yes. DeShulo. So at 89.6 points, he averages four strikes a minute, 4.84 takedowns per 15. I like him here, all facets of the game. 
He's a very powerful guy. He has massive hands, and I know that's a little odd to bring up, but his hands are humongous. Um, he's a good boxer. I think that he can punish Johns, and I don't think that Johns could be able to, to withstand the, the barrage of punches if uh, you know Jackson decides he's going to grapple him. He's going to get you know grappled like crazy, and I don't think he's going to be able to pull out a you know home run type of submission against Jackson. 9,100, I'm not batting an eye at it. I like him here. If you like Johns, he's definitely a 7K option that, that has potential to get a submission win. I could not see him TKO in Jackson. But he's sneaky on the ground. So, uh, yeah, I like Jackson. He's a part of my core. Now, there's one fighter that I feel like a lot of people are really talking about. It comes to this car, fire making his UFC debut, and, and that's Malcolm Gordon, 12-3 and three in his career. Last six wins have come by stoppage. Uh, taking on Amir here, who's competed in Bellator and Brave. Uh, his only pro loss is against UFC vet uh, Shorty Torres, uh, flyweight. So, uh, what's your thoughts on this one? I like Gordon. I really do. Um, the only issue is the the weight class, the 125-pound weight class. It's like a 125-pound, you know, showcase here. We have Figueredo Benavidez. You have Lipsky Carolina, obviously female matchup. Pantoja Askarov. And now Abazi Gordon. How many of these 125-pound fighters do you want in your lineup? Yeah, that that's a good question. I mean, Gordon, you know, um, you know, 1.4 times on, on Super Draft 14 that's on nice. FanDuel, 7600. I feel like he's a he's a, a a solid play on all platforms. Uh, you know, Brandon in the chat says Gordon's his favorite underdog on this card. I like Gordon. So a little background on Gordon. Good striker. Um, trains with Joe Bazooka. Uh, Bazooka Joe Baltolini. Um, also is a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. So that's something nice to know. Because Albazi really likes to take people down. But I think that he will he will get out grappled against Gordon. I really do. I think Albazi be able to take him down, but get put in a bad position. Um, and if it's on the feet, I actually do like Gordon's chances. They're both pretty even. It's a very close matchup, and the odds suggest it's close. Gordon, I just see some I see some hunger in his interviews. I see some hunger in his fights. I like his style, man. 7,600. You have to temper expectations, though, whenever you're rostering this weight class. So, you know, as in regards to finishes, now activity is going to be there for you. Don't have any stats on this fight other than the amount of finishes. Gordon has 12 victories, 10 finishes. Albazi, 12 victories, 11 finishes. So perhaps this is a juicier 125-pound matchup than the others. You know, when you look at uh, the salary on DK, $7,600, $100 less is Davi Ramos. Everyone knows about Davi's BJJ yeah, skills. You don't want to go to the ground with this dude. Uh, is he someone you're, you're looking at as well? So when I saw when I saw his name, I'm like, dude, 7K for Davi Ramos, that's nuts. And then I remember who Sarukian is, and I watched his fight, and I just remember, wow, against Mahachev, how he was able to – defend takedowns, get back to his feet, and work for takedowns. The one issue here is against Mahachev, he was t trying to take him down. Khabib's boy, trying to take him down, right? Mm -hmm. Trying to initiate grappling when striking-wise, he looked like the A fighter. He looked incredible out there. And then when you watch him against, you know, Olivier Aubin-Mercier, he's doing the same thing, trying to take him down. So, this guy's not afraid to go to the mat with anybody. 
which is a little dangerous when you're considering you're going up against Davi Ramos. Davi Ramos, one of the best grapplers on the planet, has a victory, a submission win over Gilbert Burns in a, in a grappling match. I just saw the footage of it again today, and uh, the guy's incredible when it comes to jiu-jitsu. But this is MMA, and not every skill is able to translate. So 8700 you're paying a premium for a Sarukian. But I think he's able to scramble well enough, has good striking, throws tons of, of kicks. He might be able to clip Ramos and actually be, be one of the first to finish him. So 8,700, I'm actually back in Sarukian, and I'm going to fade Ramos for most of my lineups. Now, he has GPP potential written all over him. Crazy submission wins. I mean, if you look, he's averaging 71 DraftKings points, and if – Sarukian gets lazy for a second. Ramos will take his back. Ramos will sink in a guillotine. Ramos will submit him anywhere the fight is. So tread carefully here, but I think Sarukian's the play. Uh, based on our uh, pre-show meeting, I, I know you're loving the first fight of, of Sergey oh, Spivak. Uh, here, here is uh, my biggest question. Spivak, or excuse me, uh, Felipe, first MMA fight. Since May 20th, 2017. Okay. So, I know how to find footage on almost anybody. And I'm finding, like, back backyard footage of Felipe, like, when he's, like, a teenager and then growing up. I feel like I'm watching a Kimbo Slice, Dada 5000 type of Jorge Masvidal in the back type of stuff. Backyard brawls. Okay? that The, the old school Brazilian fights. Okay. The footage is not reliable. This is a very, very tough fight to call because you just don't know who Felipe is or what he's about, and it's the truth. He, he likes to strike. I don't know anything about his ground credentials, but I know that he's going to be, you know, decently undersized against Sergey Spivak, you know, big for nothing Spivak. I, that guy irritates me too. But let's get back to this fight. Spivak should be able to do enough here to get rid of Felipe. He really should. He's a newcomer. Guy hasn't fought in two years. Speedlock actually is pretty skilled, but should use his height to his advantage. Like, don't go to Stefan Struve route and forget that you're a giant. Please. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah, man. Oh, God. Stefan Struve, never using the reach. Uh, let's uh, let's get some uh, listener questions here before you get out of here. If you want to fire off a question, do that right now in the YouTube chat. Also, be sure to hit a thumbs up. We really do appreciate that. Uh, Ty, FanDuel, Cash Court. You, you knew that question was coming. Yeah, so I like Benavidez. Um, I like Gastelum. I feel really confident in Gastelum. Like Benavidez and Figueredo is a coin flip, but I like Benavidez. And Jackson at 19 is really nice. I, I think he could put the, the hurting on Johns. I, I like him there as well. Uh, Joey asked about DraftKings single entry core. I, I love playing single entry GPPs. That, that's, yeah. a, that's my go-to. It's a lot easier. I mean, it is. It, you're not dealing with, uh, you know, the mass multi-entries and everything. So it's definitely the way to go. I like, for me, my core will probably be Benavidez, Gastelum, and Jackson. Yeah. Um, Ryan says the slay is the hardest one yet. Not many for sure. TKO, a lot of decisions, a lot of upsets. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's dog. I think it's dog Island this week. I really do. I really do. Um, and 
the first fight could be pivotal because you have a guy who hasn't fought in forever. How's his cardio? Has he been training? I don't know. I looked as much as I could. I tried to stalk as much as I could. Um, Spivak here at 8,400 should be the play. Should be the play. Uh, Matt says, is there any other fight other than the main event you would consider a must-have? I think you need the Jackson fight. Um, Jackson and Johns, I think one of those guys is scoring well. Um, obviously, any time you – like for 9K options, right? Duffy, I had no part of. Dawson, if he can't get to the fight, the fight to the ground, he's going to bust. Jackson should excel at 9,100. And then I'm on Benavidez, so obviously I'm not too big on Figueredo. Uh, Bobby says, if Pantoja moves up to the main event, what does who does Askarov fight? I would imagine he would just be off the card. He paid his win and show money. Um, because ultimately, if you're going to, you know, someone's not going to fight. Um, that is something to put there. Uh, Ryan, who are your favorite underdogs? I like... The Gordon and Albazi fight should be extremely close. I am favoring Gordon. Um, as far as I like Askarov, I mentioned him. I think that's a that's a dog that can go the the grappling route and get it done. Um, and then Benavidez, of course. Let's uh, let's end on this because uh, I know uh, everyone wants to, wants to know your picks. So let's uh, let's let's get let's see what your picks are. All right. Um, I am this week personally going now Saturday, right? Saturday when we discuss live before lock, we're going to get into GPPs and, and, you know, throwing darts here and there. So as far as picks, I'm going the safe, most likely route. I'm going to pull the the calculated Jason approach. Okay. I'm going to go, what? <laughs> I'm going to go Benavidez, Gastelum, Jacasey. Jacasey is somebody you could look at on FanDuel too. He could get it done and knock him out. Uh, Lipsky, Askarov, Belidzi, Dawson, uh, Duffy. Oh, you're picking you're picking Askarov over Bantoja? I am. I am. Okay, right. Yep. Don't don't agree with you. Okay. Dawson, Duffy, Jackson, Gordon, Sarukian, Spivak. The only ones I would disagree with you on, uh, I like Figueredo and Pantoja. Really? You're a Figueredo guy this week. Interesting. I, the speed. I, I think it, A, as long as this fight happens, I think the speed. Look, I, I would just say this. I know ESPN UFC is throwing this narrative out there about the headbutt. Go back and watch the fight and watch how the fight was going. Do you, do you think Benavides was winning the fight? No, I mean, that doesn't mean that he couldn't if the fight continued. I mean, it's a five-round bout, and I think that the longer the fight goes, obviously Figueredo... I agree. Uh, we'll struggle. No, yeah. I agree with that. I agree with that. But I just I, this narrative the UFC is throwing out there is I, I understand you got to have some narrative, but uh, you know I, I think from the figure camp you have to look there. Uh, let's go, we'll end on this one. Uh, Ty MVP for FanDuel Montel Jackson. I like it. Um, you could also look at you could also look at Jacasey too. You, you want to look at strikers so. That's a fight that's going to be on the feet. And Jacasey can switch it up anytime he wants. It's a close round. I'll take him down. You know, and, and he's just so tricky. And especially on, like on the FanDuel aspect, you know, you got to look at who can get the first round stoppage too. Yeah. And Fizeev has been stopped pretty early before. 
Yeah. That's something to pay attention to. But as Pete mentioned, we'll be back on Saturday, live before lock, 3.30 p.m. Eastern time, 12.30 p.m. Pacific time. Of course, be sure to give Pete a follow on Twitter at Pete the Heat MMA. I am at Jason underscore Floyd. So that's going to wrap it up for the DFS strategy show for UFC Fight Island 2. And we are sponsored by Superdraft. Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the Neural Quantum Processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.